Oh, hello again, and welcome to the Halia podcast reading of A Christmas Carol. Okay, so, uh, a first note so far is, uh, rum is pretty good. Second note, I am by myself. Uh, third note, uh, people are right, you know. <laughs> I, uh, I've heard, I've heard that, uh, you know, Charles Dickens was quite verbose in his writing. I don't know, verbose isn't the right word, Elliot. I know, let's just use it now, though, okay? No one's arguing with you. Just, they know what you're talking about. Do they? Do they really? No, okay. Okay, I know he wrote a lot because he got paid by the word, okay? But the problem, (laughs) the problem is, the problem is, the uh what is the word what word am i looking for the the uh novelty is wearing thin at this moment and we're just at stave two stave two of four we're at stave two folks let me read let me start reading stave two let me have another drink of rum hold on there we go down the hatch and into the brain All right, here we go. Stave two, the first of the three spirits. When Scrooge awoke, it was so dark that looking out of bed, he could scarcely distinguish the transparent window from the opaque walls of his chamber. He was endeavoring to pierce the darkness with his ferret eyes when the chimes of a neighboring church struck the four quarters, so he listened for the hour. To his great astonishment, the heavy bell went from six to seven and from seven to eight and regularly up to twelve, then stopped. Twelve. It was past two when he went to bed. The clock was wrong. An icicle must have got into the works. Twelve. Oh, come on. Come on. You know, there's a lot of words in here, but you're not that heavy. Did I get it? Okay. Did he, uh, he touched the spring of his repeater to correct his most preposterous clock. Its rapid little pulse beat twelve and stopped. Why, it isn't possible, said Scrooge, as Elliot leaned back to move his weight a bit, that I can have slept through the whole day and far into the night. It isn't possible that anything has happened to the sun and... This is twelve at noon. The idea being an alarming one, he scrambled out of bed and groped his way to the window. He was obliged to rub the frost off with the sleeve of his dressing gown before he could see anything. He could see very little then. All he could make out was that it was still very foggy and extremely cold, and that there was no noise of people running to and fro and making a great stir, as there unquestionably would have been if the night had beaten off bright day and taken possession of the world. This was a great night and had beaten... Wait, what? This was a great relief, because three days... You know what? If I get to the point where I'm just reading the same sentence over and over again, feel free to skip ahead. Skip ahead about five minutes and I'll have, I'll have regained consciousness. 
If the night had beaten off bright day and taken possession of the world, this was a great relief because three days after sight of this first of exchange pay to, I don't know what's going on, pay to Mr. Ebenezer Scrooge or his order and so forth, would have become a mere United States of curity if there were no days to count. What the f- Oh gosh, Charles Charles Dickens. I, folks, ne- next year when I read this, I will edit this. I will edit it. It is public domain. I will edit it, so you don't have to hear me try to read through that rambling. My Charles Dickens. I hope you got paid handsomely. You know what I mean, handsomely. Oh. I'm... Why did he even write that paragraph? I mean, why? Okay, focus. Scrooge went to bed again and thought and thought and thought it over and over and over and could make nothing of it. This is, his writing is like uh, is like the Black Eyed Peas when they just start going Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, Monday, Saturday, and I just do that for a while. <laughs> just like, that's what this is. Scrooge went to bed again and thought, Oh, wait, whoops, shit. <laughs> the more he thought, the more perplexed he was, and the more he endeavored not to think, and the more he thought. Marley's ghost bothered him exceedingly every time he resolved within himself, after mature inquiry, that it was all a dream. His mind flew back again like a strong spring released to its first position and presented the same problem to be worked all through. Was it a dream or not? <laughs> I don't know. Hell. <laughs> Is this all a dream? Are we living in a simulation? Scrooge was sinking maddenly as he took another sip of his spiced rum. <laughs> Dude, I might have to just... I'll I'll try to get sick through this, Dave, but I might have to go to bed, and because, uh, ooh, okay, all right. Let's see, where am I? Jesus, all right. Was it a dream or not? Scrooge lay in his state until the chime had gone three quarters more, when he remembered on a sudden that the ghost had warned him of of a, of a visitation when the bell tolled one. Told one, when the bell tolled one. I resolved to lie awake until the hour was past, and considering that he could go no more to go to sleep than go to heaven, this was perhaps the perhaps the wisest resolution in his power. The quarter, <laughs> the quarter was so long that he was more than once convinced he must have sunk into a doze unconsciously, unconsciously and missed the clock. At length, it broke upon his listening ear. Ding dong. A quarter past, said Scrooge, counting. Ding dong. Half past, said Scrooge. Ding dong. A quarter to it, said Scrooge. Ding dong. The hour itself, said Scrooge triumphantly, and nothing else. <laughs> oh, oh, that what a loser ghost, he said. He spoke before the hour bell sounded, which it now did with a deep, dull, hollow, melancholy one. Melancholy. I know melancholy. Okay, folks. One light flashed up 
into the room upon the instant, and the curtains of his bed were drawn. The curtains of his bed were drawn aside, I tell you, by a hand. Not the curtains at his feet, nor the curtains at his back, but those to which his face was addressed. You know, I always make fun of uh, music, like popular music. Like, when they just fill things up, like, yeah. There's a song in my uh, retail job where she just goes, starts it off going, Good is good and bad is bad. Good is good and bad is bad. What what kind of lyric is that? Did you just have three seconds at the beginning you had to stretch out? Ugh. All right. The curtains of his bed were drawn aside, and Scrooge and Scrooge starting starting up into a half recumbent attitude found himself face to face with the unearthly visitor who drew them as close to it as i am to you now and i am standing in the spirit at your elbow that's close right <laughs> Do you understand that it was a strange figure like a child yet not so like a child, as like an old man, viewed from some supernatural medium, which gave him the appearance of having receded from the view and being diminished to a child's proportion, its hair which hung about its neck and down its back was white as if with age, and yet the face had not a wrinkle in it, and the tenderness bloom was on the skin, the arms were very long, oh my god, very long <laughs> and muscular the hands the same as as if its old were of uncommon strength its legs and feet most most delicately formed were like those upper members bare upper members upper members bare it wore a tunic of the pierced white and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt Lustrous, yep, that's right. Okay, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green holly in its hand, <laughs> and in a singer, sing. Come away. Okay. Whoa, this is, this rum is hitting me good. Normally, it just hits me kind of, kind of wrong. But today, it's hitting me good. You guys are, you guys are just, you people, <laughs> you people are just in for a treat. Where am I? What is he rambling about now? Jesus Christ. Okay. Uh, it's well, like those of upper members bear. It wore a tunic of the purest white, and round its waist was bound a lustrous belt, the sheen of which was beautiful. It held a branch of fresh green, green holly in its hand, in singular contradiction of that wintry emblem. Had its dress trimmed with summer flowers, but the strangest thing about it was that from the crown of its head there sprung a bright, clear jet of light by which all of this was visible, and which was doubtless the occasion of its using in its duller moments. A great extinguisher for a cap, which it now held under its arm. Even this, though, when Scrooge looked at it with the increasing steadiness, was not its strangest quality, for as it its belt sparkled and glittered now in one part. Hold on, I got. 
now in one part, now in another, and what was life one in- light one instant i don't know what's going on and at another time it was dark so the figure itself fluctuated in its distinctness being now a thing with one arm now with one leg now with 20 legs now with a pair of legs without a head now a head without a body of which dissolving parts no outline would be visible in the dense gloom wherein they melted away and in the very wonder of this it would be itself again distinct and clear as ever you know if i if i did cut i would cut that paragraph out are you the spirit sir whose coming was foretold to me said scrooge i am wait i am should he talk like that that Okay, Davy, or I don't know, Dave. Should he talk like that? I can make him talk like that. The voice was soft and gentle, singularly low, as if instead of being so close beside him, it were at a distance. Who and what are you? Scrooge demanded. I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? inquired Scrooge, observant of its dwarfish stature. No... Your past. (laughs) Perhaps Scrooge could not have told anybody why, if anybody could have asked him, but he had a special desire to see the spirit in his cap and begged him to be covered. What? exclaimed the ghost. Would you so soon put out? I don't know who I am. (laughs) Would you so soon be put out with the worldly hands? No, I'm kidding. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. You're going to... You're going to screw with your listeners. Your listener. Would you so soon put out with worldly hands of the light I give? Is it not enough what, you're, what you are? Oh, fuck. That you are one of those whose passions made this cap and forced me through whole trains of years to wear it low upon my brow? Scrooge reverently disclaimed all intention to offer, offend, or any knowledge of having willfully bonneted the spirit at any period of his life. This is going to give me a stroke, folks. This writing is going to give me a stroke. <laughs> okay. The spirit, he then made a bold, he then made bold to inquire what business brought him there. Your welfare, said the ghost. Scrooge expressed himself much obliged, but could not help thinking that a night of unbroken rest would have been more conductive, conducive to the end. The spirits must have heard him thinking, for it said immediately, Your reclamation then, take heed. It put out its strong hand as it spoke and clasped him gently by the arm. Rise, Art, rise, and walk with me. Hold on a second. Hold on, folks. Oh, yeah. It's time. <laughs> Maybe drinking rum and trying to read Charles Dickens was a bad idea. What did you think was going to happen? The second you said, the second I said rum, and the second second I said Charles Dickens, what made you think that I was going to continue this? Okay, 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 it's okay. Don't yell at me. Where am I? Okay, 
Rise and walk with me. It would have been in vain for Scrooge to plead that the weather and the hour were not adapted to pedestrian purposes. I have never read this book before. I've just seen the play, so I don't... The the bed was warm, and the thermometer... The thermometer... The thermometer... The thermometer... A long way below freezing, that he was clad but lightly in his slippers, dressing gown, and nightcap, and that he had a cold upon him at the time. I'm getting congested, I don't know why. The grasp, though gentle as a woman's hand, was not to be resisted. Resisted, He rose, but finding that the spirit made towards a window, clasped his robe in supplication. I, I'm immortal, Scrooge remonstrated, and liable to fall. Bear but a touch of my hand. There. Wait, what was I going to do that voice? Wait. Bear but a touch of my hand there. I don't know who that is. And the spirit landed upon his heart, and you shall be upheld. Uh, you shall be upheld in more than this. And we made it to another page, folks. What is that? How far did this chapter go? Holy moly, Captain Moly. All right. As the world, words were spoken, they passed through the wall and stood upon an open country field with the fields on either hand, the city had entirely vanished. Not a vestige of it was to be seen. The darkness and the mist had vanished with it, for it was a clear, cold winter day with snow upon the ground. Good heaven, said Scrooge, clasping his hands together as he looked about him. <laughs> I was I was just thinking, what if I fell asleep? <laughs> And then I just uploaded it. Just <laughs> the rest. Just four hours of me sleeping. <laughs> Alright. Sorry. Good heaven. Said Scrooge, clasping his hands together as he looked about it. I was bred in this place. He was bred. B-R-E-D, not B-R-E-A-D. Bred. <laughs> I was bred. I was, I was born in this place. I was a boy here. The spirit glazed. The spirit gazed upon him mildly. Its gentle touch, though it had been light and instantaneous, appeared still present to the old man's sense of feeling. He was conscious. He was conscious of a thousand odors floating in the air, each one connected with a thousand thoughts and hopes and joys and cares long, long forgotten. Your lip is trembling said the ghost. And what is that upon your cheek? Scrooge muttered, Oh, hold on, I'm gonna get that. Okay. With an unsensual, unsensual, <laughs> with an unusual, not an unsensual, <laughs> I'm sure it was very sensual. <laughs> oh, help me. I can't get through this. Okay. You can. You can do this. I can? Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Where's the sensual part? I've lost it. Where's my place? Oh, I've lost my place, folks. Oh. Oh. Scrooge muttered with an unusual catching in his voice that it was a pimple and begged the ghost to lead him where he would. You recollect the way? 
recollect the way, inquired the spirit. Remember it, cried Scrooge with a fervor. I could walk it blindfolded. Strange to have forgotten it so many years, observed the ghost. Let us go on. They walked along the road. Scrooge, recognizing every gate and post and tree, until a little market town appeared in the distance with its bridge, its church, and winding river. Some shaggy ponies now were seen trotting towards them with boys upon their backs who called to other boys in country gigs and carts driven by farmers. All these boys were in great spirits and shouted to each other until the broad fields were so full of merry music that the crisp air laughed to hear it. These are but shadows of the things that have been, said the ghost. They have no consciousness of us. The jocund, jocund, jocund travelers came on. As they came, Scrooge knew and named everyone. Why, why was he rejoiced beyond all bounds to see them? Why did his cold eye glisten and his heart leap up as they went past? Why was he filled with gladness when he heard them give each other Merry Christmas as they parted at crossroads and byways and for their several homes? Several homes. What was Merry Christmas to Scrooge out upon Merry Christmas? What good had it ever done to him? The school is not quite deserted, said the ghost. A solitary child... Neglected by his friends, is left there still. Elliot Henderson is there at the desk, neglected by everybody, and he goes to his imagination, which he'll soon learn to snuff out with rum. <laughs> that banging is just me banging on. I got a glass uh, counter next to me. And so I like to bang my glass. I don't know if that the person underneath hears me. But they might. Okay, sorry. Okay, calm down. Focus, Elliot. Jesus. We want to hear what's going to happen next. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. The school is not quite deserted, said the ghost. A solitary child, neglected by his friends, is left there still. Scrooge said he knew it, and he sobbed. <laughs> Why is he? Oh, God. Okay, hold on. They left the high road by a well-remembered lane and soon approached a mansion of dull red brick with a little weather cock. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. I am sorry. You had to hear that. Okay, with a little weather cock surmounted cupola on the roof and a bell hanging in it. Was It was a large house, but one of broken fortunes, for the spacious offices were little used, their walls were damp and mossy, their windows broken, and their gates decayed. Fowls clucked and strutted in the stables, and the coach houses and sheds were overrun with grass, nor was it more retentive of its ancient state 
within, for entering the dreary hall and glancing through the open doors of many rooms, they found them poorly furnished, cold and vast. There was an earthy savor in the air, a chilly bareness in the place, which associated itself somehow with too much getting up by candlelight and not too much to eat. I did not pay attention to that paragraph. They went to the ghost and Scrooge across the hall to a door to the back of the house. It opened before them and disclosed a long, bare, melancholy room made barer still by the lines of plain deal forms and desks at one of these lonely at one of these, a lonely boy was reading near a feeble fire, and Scrooge sat down upon a form and wept to see his poor, forgotten self as he used to be. Not a latent echo in the house, not a squeak and scuffle from the mice behind the paneling. See, he gets me. He gets me right there with the solitary kid, because I can relate to it. But then he starts just fucking babbling. It's like Jimmy, Christmas, Charles Dickens. You can, you can paint a picture that's relatable to a lot of people and to the person they become and why they choose loneliness because they're neglected. But then you have to go and just talk about mice crackling or whatever I just read. I mean, good Lord, make me drink. <laughs> mm. Dude, I know this is more sugar than I usually eat put inside my body but man oh man you gotta love sugar okay okay sorry wow this is taking me a while to read where am have i not that oh, okay i've done it okay all right we're good okay <clears throat> not a latent echo in the house not a squeak and scuffle from the mice behind the paneling not a Drip from the half-thawed water spout in the dull yard behind. Not a sigh among the leafless boughs of one despondent poplar. Not the idle swinging of an empty storehouse door. No, not a clicking in the fire, but fell upon the light heart of Scrooge with a softening influence and gave a freer passage to his tears. The spirit touched him on the arm and pointed to his younger self, intent upon his reading. Suddenly a man in foreign garments, wonderfully real and distinct looked to look at, stood outside the window with an axe stuck in his belt, leading by the bridle an ass. <laughs> leading by the bridle an ass laden with wood. <laughs> What is wrong with you, Elliot? Focus. You're not this childish. I know you're not. Just keep going. All right. <laughs> Let me read. I don't want to read that again. Suddenly a man in foreign garments, wonderfully real and distinct to look at, stood outside the window with an axe stuck in his belt and leading by the bridle an ass laden with wood. Why, it's Alibaba, Scrooge exclaimed in ecstasy. Ecstasy? That's ooh, that's a stretch of the word. It's dear old honest Holly Papa. Yes, yes, I know. One Christmas time, when yonder solitary child was left here all alone, he did come for the first time. Just like that. Poor boy. And Valentine, said Scrooge, and his wild brother Orson. There they go. And what's his name? What's his name? <laughs> What's his name? Who was put down in his drawers asleep at the gate of Damascus. Don't you see that, him? 
and the sultan's groom turned upside down by the jen i see you get me but then you you just come at charles <laughs> focus and the sultan's groom turned upside down by the jen jenai jenai there he is upon his head serve him right i am glad of it what business had he to be married to the princess to hear Scrooge expending all the earnestness of his nature on such subjects in a most extraordinary voice between laughing and crying, and to see his heightened and excited face would have been a surprise to his business friends in the city indeed. There's the parrot, cried Scrooge, green body and yellow tail with a thing like a lettuce growing out of the top of his head. There he is, poor Robin Crusoe, he called him when he came home again. Oh, okay, this is what he's doing. <laughs> this is the cliff notes. This is what he's doing, dude. Like the stories were his friends. It's like, dude. It's like, okay, okay. So the stories were his best friends. It's like when I would watch Conan O'Brien, man, all by myself because my family was teasing me. People liked me at school, but I was told I wasn't good enough. So my friends became Conan O'Brien. They became the Friends TV show. And then they, 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 that's what he's doing. I get it. Oh, my goodness. You know what? This revelation calls for more rum. See, Charles? I, Charles, man. We're getting each other. Mm. Oh, man. That's some good stuff. Woo. All right. Okay, okay, okay. Dude, why do I have to... Why can I... How can I... I do relate to Scrooge. I do relate to Scrooge, right? Okay, okay, let's keep going. Shh, shh, calm down. Uh, okay. To hear Scrooge expending all the earnestness of his nature on subject Sex... Sex... Such subjects... In a most extraordinary voice between laughing and crying, and to see his heightened and excited face would have been a surprise to his business friends in the city. Indeed, there's the parrot, cried Scrooge, green body and yellow tail with a thing like a lettuce growing out of the top of its head. There he is, oh, poor Robinson Crusoe, he called him when he came home again after sailing round the island. Poor Robin Crusoe, where have you been, Robin Crusoe? The man thought he was dreaming, but he wasn't. It was the parrot, you know. There goes Friday, running for his life to the little creek. Hola, hope, hello. Then, with the rapidity of transition, very foreign to his usual character, he said in pity of his former self, Poor boy. He cried again. I wish, Scrooge muttered, putting his hand in his pocket and looking about him after drying his eyes with his cuff. But it's too late now. What's the matter? asked the spirit. Nothing, said Scrooge. Nothing. There was a boy singing at a singing a Christmas carol at my door last night. I should like to have given him something. That's all. That's all. That's, don't don't ask about it. The ghost smiled. I, I made that part up, by the way. The ghost smiled thoughtfully and waved his its hand, saying as it did so, "Let us see another Christmas." Fuck. I get it, man. I get it, dude. Dude, <laughs> Scrooge. I get it. All right, I might, uh, we're going to go a little further, and I'm going to stop this one, too. All right. Okay.
Actually, no, let's pause right there. That's a good place to pause, right? We're going to see another Christmas. Okay. So right there, I'm going to pause. We're at the 31-minute mark. I'm going to keep going with A Christmas Carol. So, yeah, stay tuned. Keep listening to the Haleyat Podcast. Sub, you know, go to Haleyat.com. Do whatever you want. If you didn't like this, don't listen to the next one because I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going because, you know what? It's my podcast, right? 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 Yeah. All right. So I will see you on part four. Okay. Adios.